0: Welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast for the week of October the 18th. Of course, we are back after a few-week hiatus, and of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar in Saskatoon, as we are every single Monday. Of course, thanks to everybody that's watching on the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page, on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page. Uh, we are on YouTube, and we are also on Twitter, so that's a new format that we're able to populate, to is Twitter. So a big thanks to everybody for tuning in. With me today, very special guest sitting to my left, the head coach of the University of Saskatchewan men's soccer program, Bryce Chapman, joined the Huskies in 2004-2017, named the first ever full-time head coach in history. You and I were talking a little bit uh, before the show and you were saying that it's 17 years this week or next week or something like that, that you've been here? Time flies, hey? It's gone
1: quick. Um, To be honest, it's uh, a landmark. My daughter turned 17. She uh, came seven weeks early uh, on my wife and I back in 2004 and kicked off my my head coaching career with a bang.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go, right? No time to jump right in it, right, with, you know, a a newborn and all these duties and things like that. Um, First of all, thanks for coming down. Thanks for joining us. And the question that you're probably sick of answering, but... How good is it to be back for uh, for you coaching soccer, but just to be back coaching soccer, you know, and super exciting for the kids, the student athletes that could get back out there and, and play soccer. But just what has this season been like after not playing last year?
1: Yeah, uh, to be honest, it's been a whirlwind. Um, I think after 20 months, uh, both the players, coaching staff, we were just ready to get back at our, our regular routines, and that was kind of the biggest challenge when. When uh, the world was hit with uh, COVID and so many things were taken away from everyone's uh, day-to-day life. But for, for athletes and, and coaches, when you have that routine, you have that group of players that you see on a daily basis. Um, it was a big, big adjustment. And to get back at it this, uh, this fall, it's been uh, really exciting. We've got a great group of guys and we're, we're pushing along during the season
0: and uh we'll get into the the state of this particular season in just a little bit but how did you and your players stay engaged in 2020 what were some of the adjustments obviously you guys couldn't play but what kind of adjustments did you guys have to make you know i know a lot of coaches were doing zoom meetings and and that sort of thing but what was it like for for the husky men's soccer program to stay engaged throughout the canceled season of of 2020
1: i think that was the biggest challenge because there's no playbook
0: yeah Um, yep
1: things were were changing week by week um we, we took into account a number of different things with our team. Is, you know We, we had a, a plan that when we do return, whatever date that was going to be, um, that we were going to be ready. So a lot of the, the weight fell on the, the coaches, but also our leadership group, who did a, a really good job keeping all the guys connected, whether it was on, on Snapchat or group chats. They, they kept the, the group and their peers um, connected. And then as coaches, we, we did weekly check-ins. Uh, we did a little bit of Zoom, but we really wanted to be aware of what those student athletes were doing because everything they were doing in class was on Zoom. So we didn't want to overburden them and, and put them in front of a screen too much. And and then our strength and conditioning coaches, um, whenever we had a chance we could re- to reconnect, we did. Um, but we just really tried to make sure those athletes um, and students were in the best hands possible, and ha- they had as many resources as possible to. To stay in the right frame of mind, um, it's been a long twenty months for anyone, and uh, we just wanted to make sure we took care of them as as human beings first, and right. and make sure um, that second piece of being ready for whenever the season was going to start was second piece.
0: Well, athletes and, and creatures, just the sporting world—they're all, you know, creatures of habit, mm-hmm. right? So you know, you go from twenty twenty, not playing at all, getting out of the norm, doing all these things that you're not used to. Has anything changed this year? We talked about how you guys have had a couple of road trips this season and nothing really in that term ha- has changed. So has anything from your preparation, from the way that you guys travel, the way that you guys you know prepare, has any of that changed under this COVID world or is it kind of right back to, to how it's always been in terms of that?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're, we're back to where it's always been. Um, I think this year's probably been the the deepest year in the sense that we've had to kind of go back a few steps get back to some regular routines some regular habits uh there's been a a lot of teaching and and reteaching um because 20 months that's a long period of time the the game uh continued to evolve and and players came in at different um stages of preparation and that that's been kind of the biggest thing is just reteaching and getting back to those regular habits and and behaviors and And then there's always the, oh, I forgot what it feels like, (laughs) you know. Um, You know, we've been on two road trips, um, both very different uh, opponents, but um, the players experiencing that away from home, uh, in a hotel, obviously there's more COVID uh, uh, restrictions and and ways of doing things. Um, and, And then just feeling that pressure of competing again. And that's kind of been the biggest thing in the last two weeks is, uh for 20 months not a lot of people felt pressure <laughs> yeah, when it when yeah. it came to that competitive moment in a game and um now those players are, are relearning how that feels to be in a tight game uh those players are learning um what it feels like to look at the standings and and seeing teams move and and, and forward and move back and and just getting back to those emotional roller coasters that sport bring
0: great um, the key to, to any success at the university level, of course, is recruiting, right? The players that you bring in, the student-athletes that you bring in. How has that changed you know, throughout COVID, if, if at all? I'm not sure what your regular uh, scouting you know, or recruitment routine is, but with players that you're trying to recruit not having played last year either, I wouldn't imagine. How has that kind of changed the way that you look, uh, look for talent and then try to recruit?
1: Yeah, I think um, that side of the game, I think it's actually helped us. Um, to take a step back and look at how we, how we did our business when it came to recruiting. And the one thing COVID presented is we really had to rely on conversations um, with coaches, with uh, the players, with the families, and really had to get to know them because either those players didn't have uh, up-to-date uh, footage of, right. of how they played and who they were. So we really had to balance that um, standard of play, but also who are they as people. And I think that's something we can come out and be better at and do more of those interviews. And, you know, one uh, prime example is uh, we brought a player in from Germany this year, uh, our first international. And and I got to know the family via Zoom, uh, got to know him. And and that was a really good experience of of how do we get to know this player? We we know the quality he's bringing coming out of U19 Bundesliga, um, but is he the right fit? And so far, everything's worked out really well, but it took us to a different comfort zone, different uh, level of, of um, recruiting.
0: Now, under normal circumstances, uh, obviously, we all know what recruiting used to be like to recruit kids in the city, right? It's easiest driving to, to wherever and, and watching them. 15 Saskatoon-born players on the 2021 roster, but just under normal circumstances, how do you go about recruiting out of province uh, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, in a non-COVID world, even if you are trying to get a player from overseas, Germany or wherever, you're probably going to have to do that online. But, mm-hmm. you know, recruiting kids from, from BC or, or Alberta, how have you kind of gone about that in the past?
1: I think there's a couple pieces to it. Um, obviously, we're, we're looking to, to put the best program possible on, on the field and, and chase another kind of West title. Uh, get ourselves back into a national tournament. That's the standard. That's um, what we're always shooting for. So, you know, we look at some of the top programs across the country, whether it's Cape Breton on the east side or whether it's UBC and Thompson Rivers on the west. you got Carleton and York in the middle. Um, looking for those top players is now becoming not just a local uh, landscape, but it's going right across the country, um, and it's going right across the world. International students are are really seeing the value of coming to canada Um, a fantastic education uh, cpl rules allow them to to pursue both professional and and academic um, opportunities so we're really we're 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 covering a lot of ground uh, looking for the the right student athlete uh, to keep us moving forward and putting ourselves in positions to to go after canada west and go after u sport
0: you've reached the canada west final four (coughs) times Uh, you had a canada west title the first ever canada west title for Husky men's soccer 2014-15. Is it fair to say that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is it fair to say that that's probably the the, the best accomplishment that you have as, as the head coach or, the, or part of the coaching staff mm-hmm. for the Huskies? And what do you remember of that 2014-15 season that was so special? Yeah, uh, probably
1: um, that group of players were a, a special group of players. Uh, coaching staff, uh, everyone involved, um, was uh, just a really good group of people, and they've gone on to be very successful in a, a number of different pieces. But if we we go back to recruiting that uh, 2014 team, I believe we were 26 out of 28 were Saskatchewan-based players. Um, so you know, winning that title obviously was a, a massive accomplishment for those kids and and the program. But I thought that really put a stamp on what potential our, our province has, and you know that we played U of A in the final of Canada West at our house. And I think we were 900 people in the stands and yep. you could see so many, um, different people that had influenced my career, uh, influenced, uh, those players career, whether they're club head coaches, family members. And that, that was kind of the, the picture that really sit, sits in my mind. Yep. Um, and it was a great attestment to that group of guys they were they're fantastic they all stay in touch i think right you know they're all close close friends um as their families and careers grow and and they still keep in touch with our program which is pretty special as well
0: of course a reminder from one of clark's classic gorilla bar to drop your questions in the comment section below uh you mentioned the homegrown talents from that 2014 team you're the head coach and director of soccer ops for the Saskatchewan Summer Soccer Series. Mm-hmm. What is kind of that all about, and, and you know what importance uh, does that serve to, to soccer players here in the province?
1: Well, I think uh, CPL is is a, a big piece to our game right across the country. Um, there's been a missing void for for many years with not having pro soccer and, yep. in Canada, and if you you look at our national team, um, both men's and women's, um, there's a massive buzz. In the soccer community and there's people that have never watched soccer starting to follow our national pro, uh, national team trying to qualify for for uh, 2022 so having CPL I think is a big big piece to the game um, as a growth um, but it's it's something that I think that we always have to be careful of um, and, and make sure it's done right uh, make sure the steps are put in place make sure the foundations put in place and and uh, the former um, ownership group they were doing a lot of really good things um in, in doing that and and hopefully the the next group that uh, has a potential franchise in saskatoon uh puts those important pieces in place as well
0: would you ever foresee a time that you know soccer the 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 need for soccer or the demand for soccer the interest of soccer could potentially pit a Regina and saskatoon team how do you see it playing out you know in kind of that scenario
1: yeah personally i don't think that's a realistic piece i think um to do it right we have to go after one franchise in one city whether it's regina or whether it's saskatoon and, and make sure we get the province behind it um i think if we look at so many different sporting groups across the province um you know saskatchewan rat rough riders that's yeah. Saskatch- <laughs> that's saskatchewan yep, yep. and and people travel all four corners of our province to go see right. that game um you know it's 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 important to make sure we have a solid uh, franchise in, in our province before we start thinking about duplicating it, um, because there's so many pieces and and I think soccer in, in Saskatchewan is still young. Um, I think it's got it's got the numbers, but it's very recreational uh, mindset, and that's why the importance of having CPL um, is is key because it's going to help grow that game. But it's going to take a number of years for the culture to become very professional driven and for families and players to understand what it is to be a pro and not just play pro. Yeah. And I think it, those those uh, variables are two very different variables.
0: Right. So if you could just, you know, with a snap of a finger, get soccer to the popularity that you want it to be in Saskatchewan, you know, in your mind, somebody that's well-connected, somebody that's been around the game for your entire life. What are kind of the steps that need to be taken? Does it start at like a grassroots level type of thing and then build up? Mm -hmm. But how do we get that popularity of of soccer to its full potential?
1: We have the grassroots in place. Um, I think uh, all the different soccer bodies have done a really good job over the years um, building the sport from that bottom up. Um, But if we look at Saskatoon and if the CPL franchise was going to be in Saskatoon, um, we need all different types of people watching the game and being excited about the game and, um, you know, the opportunities to, to cross-promote, whether it's with the Blades or whether it's with the university pr- um, programs. Um, the more arms you have involved in our community, um, selling the game, uh, selling the, the, the local talent. Um, you know, you look at a, a Brett Levi, um, a Thomas Hassel, he's playing with the Vancouver Whitecaps, we need those type of role models uh, to be cornerstones of our, our future CPL franchise. And
0: of course, Brad Levi is with yeah. uh, Valour FC, I do believe, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, that's what I saw yep. this morning. Of course, we are live at Winter Clark's Classic Grill and Bars. We are every single Monday, and it's all soccer on this week's episode. ...of the YXC Sports Podcast. However, there's football on the big screens here. Every NFL game, whether it's Thursday night, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Monday night, come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar for food and drink specials. And, of course, the Super Bowl squares that are being sold. Money's going to a good cause there as well. So make sure to come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic uh, Grill and Bar for all your football watching needs right on the corner of Circle and Idlewild in Saskatoon. Bryce Chapman, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the current state of Husky soccer. So we talked a little bit uh, earlier about how awesome it is to be back. Why don't you just give us uh, a little rundown of of the season so far for your group?
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, preseason was a long preseason. I think we were six weeks for preseason, which is about seven, nine days earlier than normal. But uh, the guys came in with a great attitude. We've got a really good group of kids, uh, not just for this year, but for the next couple cycles coming through. Uh, started off the season um, quite well, uh, starting three and one in the first four, and and then uh, things have gotten tougher as the the, the schedule has gone. Um, came up against UFC uh, two weekends ago, um, who are undefeated, and, and dropped some points there, and, and dropped some points this past weekend, but have us sitting in a good good spot um, heading into the final weekend against U of A. Um, and want to continue pushing toward playoffs.
0: So that game is in Edmonton on Friday, and then you're back at home on Sunday mm-hmm. for the Bateman Cup, yep. right? Which is the series between the Alberta and, and uh, the Huskies, the Alberta Golden Bears and the Saskatchewan Huskies. But why don't you give our listeners and our viewers a little bit of an idea of what the Bateman Cup is and, and the importance of it.
1: Yeah, um, not a lot of people realize that um, I think it was 1911, um, the Huskies, uh, or sorry, the University of Saskatchewan had a, a team of uh, students, jumped on the train, went to U of A and played the first inter-university uh, match uh, with uh, Saskatchewan winning 1-0. So uh, David DeBay, when he was with uh, the Husky um, Board of Trustees, created the the Bateman Cup um, and every home game at, at U of S um, against the U of A, uh, you're playing for for a cup. And uh, it's exciting for the boys. Uh, we we go down to the, the end of um, University Bridge, um, recognize the memorial of all the, the former footballers that uh, fought in the war for us over the uh, back in the day. And uh, it's really important for them to understand that it's not just about the day they live in, but all the people before us, whether it was alumni or whether it's uh, veterans that fought for our country. And uh, it just brings a you know uh, a bit of education for these young kids and a bit of excitement on that that final day it'll be a big weekend
0: silly question alert because again i know what your answer is going to be but we kind of talked about how you you guys have set yourself up to have success hopefully over the course of the next few seasons and uh, like i said i feel like i know what your answer to uh, this question is going to be but long term what's what are the goals of of the husky soccer program the men's program
1: well, I think we, we speak about it every year, and we just finished speaking about this year, is um, you always want to put yourself in opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, you can talk about we want to win a national title. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. Um, we want to win a Canada West title. That's the ultimate goal. But every year we have to make sure we're putting ourselves in a good spot to have that chance. So making sure we're in the in playoffs, making sure we're getting into final fours, um, and then at least you're putting yourself in that realistic position uh, opportunity to, to, to win those important matches and sport's uh, a fantastic uh, world to be in but it can be a, cr- <laughs> yeah. a cruel world too right well, especially and, when everything and, goes
0: against you right you're not yeah, getting the so. balances you're doing everything right and mm-hmm. and yeah. for whatever reason uh things don't go your way i uh that's how i golf i feel like everything i'm doing everything right and uh nothing seems to go uh, my way so uh hopefully you are a golfer if you're Absolutely. not you're going to be a golfer Perverts. now because those are courtesy of wendell clark's classic Pencil. grill and bars so
1: my son will probably steal these so well, it's all good, hey so. i'm
0: sure uh, <laughs> it's funny because i take these out to the golf course too and uh my buddies that uh are golfing either in the foursome behind me or you know a few hours later or whatever when they're looking for their ball in the in the bush they seem to find the wendell's ball and they let me know that it was definitely mine <laughs> that was in there but uh yeah. thanks so much for coming down um, Huskies, of course, at home on Sunday. They're on the road in Edmonton on Friday and then Sunday uh, at home. Uh, they beat the against the University of Alberta. Golden well, Bears, Bryce Chatton, the head coach of the men's soccer program at the University of Saskatchewan. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that wraps it up for another episode of the YXE Sports Podcast. And we are going to be back next Monday with a new episode of the YXE Sports Podcast. But Until then, stay safe.